Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right. We're back again. I know you missed me. Where you been all week? I've been learning different ways to add more value to the folks that take the time to listen to this content. And what do I mean by that? Well, I've been continuing my journey on learning how to write copy. And one of the ways that I've done that is by reading the book, uh, Copywriting Secrets, written by Jim Edwards. Great book. And if you want to get yourself a free copy of that book, you can do so by going to cashflowguys.com forward slash copy secrets, cashflowguys.com forward slash copy secrets. It's a great book and it's not all salesy whatnot, but it gets behind the psychology of sales. In other words, how regular people like you and I can learn how to put words on paper that number one are meaningful, but will also change lives. It'll, it'll inspire people to take action, to do things. Maybe it'll help you get to those motivated sellers. Maybe it'll help people decide that they want to invest with you versus somebody else. Maybe if you're a wholesaler, It'll help you get that buyer to take action and pull the trigger and give that non-refundable $5,000 deposit, whatever you're doing. Regardless, take the time to learn the skill. It's a very, very important skill. And uh, I can tell you right now, it's one that most real estate investors don't have. So if you've got skills that other investors don't or lack, well, who does that put on top of the deal? It puts you on top of the space. That's how you're going to get out there and be successful and crush it in the space is by picking up these new skills. So for me, I've committed to reading at least two books a week uh, in 2020, and I'm doing really well on that. I just knocked one out here over the weekend and uh, get ready to start on another one. And I'm probably going to even do three this week. I want to stay ahead, but I want to make sure that I read at least 104 books this year, which is obviously it's a big ask, but Again, it goes towards self-improvement and, and making myself a bigger, better investor, making myself a better negotiator. And I hope I encourage you to do the same. And that all begins with going to cashflowguys.com forward slash copy secrets. If you want to know the rest of my books, you can go to cashflowguys.com forward slash books, or just go to the website, click on the books tab, and you'll see the books uh, that I highly recommend there. And of course, my Amazon affiliate link, so I can make a nickel every time you pull the trigger. Now let's go ahead and dive into this week's question that we never ask. Is there anything else? Mr. or Mrs. Seller that I should know about this property. And I should rephrase that. Should I know or consider about this property? The consider is very important. And I know that folks don't don't really throw that word in there. And it's a great word because it inspires thought. It's thought provoking, so to speak. Anything else I should know or consider about this property? When you say that and the way you say it is going to make a huge difference like everything else on the type of answer you get. You will be shocked to figure out how many times, you'll find this out yourself when you start asking this question, how many times the seller will dig themselves a hole, especially if you've taken the time to build rapport, to get them to trust you, get them to like you a little bit. They're going to want to do the right thing and be honest with you, especially when you're looking them in the eye. Anytime you can be face-to-face with the seller, that's huge. You ask this question, look them straight in the eye. When you see them look to the ground, that's when they'll usually start spilling the beans. But when they do spill the beans, don't get all over them. Just be a good listener. Center, okay, you'd be surprised how often a helpful seller or a broker is going to spill the beans if they like and respect you. Now, that only comes from building rapport with them over time. And don't be one of these one-hit wonders. Don't race to the to the altar with them and, and start hammering them with questions and probing too much and freaking them out because that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to freak them out. I can't begin to tell you how many times I have been told of additional opportunities in a neighborhood or in an area simply by asking that one simple question. Is there anything else I should know or consider about this thing? I've heard things like, well, the lot next door, I heard the old man died and the kids are looking unloaded. Well, great. That makes me a little bit more incentivized 
to maybe pull the trigger on the deal we're talking about because I can get a great deal on the lot next door. Maybe I could even allow the seller a little more because of an expansion that I want to do. Or it opens doors for me. And when it opens doors for me, well, that's a win-win, right? When you ask these questions, I can't begin to stress how important it is for you to listen intently for the answers. Don't fall into the trap of listening purely to respond. A lot of folks do that these days. Social media attention spans, they say the human brain is a, less, a lower attention span than a goldfish and all that good stuff. Don't fall into this trap. If you find yourself sometimes talking over people, that means you probably have this bad habit. How do you fix that bad habit? Well, to think about going to a Toastmasters meeting, number one. They have a great way. They've got different jobs they do in a meeting and whatnot that help you get over this thing. You have to listen intently and then report on other speakers. You can't interrupt people and whatnot. Going to Toastmasters is a great way to fix this. So ask yourself this question. Do you ever find yourself talking over people? And ask your close friends and family because what you may be surprised is that you don't realize you're doing it. I have people in my life that continually talk over everybody and they don't, nobody, they're not listening to what anybody says. So they miss very important facts. When this happens, they tend to come to assumptions completely on their own, which are false or incorrect because they weren't listening to the answers to the questions. And folks, we've covered in this in these episodes, 23 questions that we never ask. And I ask you this, what's the point of ask, asking a question if you're not going to absorb the answer, if you're not going to sit there and listen? And we, along with that, keep in mind that no matter what the seller says, I don't care what their answer is. It's never wrong because I want you to think of that answer as critical information, true or false. It's still critical information. That's why we're asking these questions. And one way, I do this is I'll have, I, I'm a big believer of yellow legal pads. I love yellow legal pads to take notes. And during the process of talking to them when I'm face to face, and I try to be face to face whenever I can, of course, traveling the country now makes it a little bit more challenging. But when I'm face to face, I like to keep a yellow pad with me. And I actually, I do them on the phone too, but the seller can't see that. And I like to keep notes of their answers. I like to write down pertinent facts, figures when they talk about figures or when they show me something, I'll draw a little diagram, things to help me jog my memory. If I'm face to face, I ask permission. It's like, Mr. Seller, Miss Seller, do you mind if I take notes? Because I want to make sure that I remember everything and I don't want to have to ask you the same questions more than once. And it would really help me if it'd be okay if I took notes. Is that okay with you? Ask that permission. Okay. Get that permission. And most people, most reasonable people will be like, yeah, I, I don't, I can't think of anybody that's ever said, no, you can't take notes. I have had people say, you know, I've asked, do you mind if I record this? And I have had people not be excited about that. Come to think of it, I've never had anybody say no, but I could tell that they were a little freaked out about it. One of the ways I, I'll do this sometimes is I want to record something. I'll shoot video. Say, look, I'd like to shoot some video of the property as we walk through. Is that acceptable to you? That way I can go back and review the video later to make sure I haven't overlooked anything. I want to make sure that I can see all the features and benefits so that when we make an offer that solves your, your problem or your situation, that I can give you top value. Is it, is it okay if I record? And they say yes. And, and they see me recording, but we continue. We just have a conversation. After a while, what you'll find is they forget all about the fact that you're recording. They've already consented to it. Um, so you're good to go. And I'm not necessarily sticking the camera in their face. And I don't share that information with other people, except for people on my team that might need it. They'll forget and get comfortable after a while. I just, when I'm talking to them, if I want to capture part of the conversation, I don't want them to be intimidated by the camera. I'll point the camera down to the floor. Because I don't need the video footage, I just want the audio so I can tie back to and listen to what they said and more importantly, how I responded to it. One of the ways that I've gotten good at negotiating is by listening to myself negotiate. Anytime you can record yourself talking, you should do it and listen back. You're going to find yourself saying things that you didn't realize you were saying. Phrases that you repeat over and over again. In recording this series, my wife Jill is in the background listening to me record these episodes and she noticed that I said a certain phrase like seven times and I went back to edit the episode to knock some of those out so I didn't sound like a complete moron to find out that I said it actually twice as many times as she heard it. If you take the time to record yourself, whether it be by video or audio or in any way you can, it's a great way to get 
the details drilled into your head. Again, with this whole series of questions, the more you can benefit from, the more you listen and the more you focus on listening to the answers and really understanding the answers they give you, the more you're going to be able to benefit. And frankly, the more the seller is going to be able to benefit from the answers. Why specifically did you buy this property originally? This is the second to the last question. A very, very valid question to ask. Why specifically did you buy this property originally? The answer could be, I bought it to live in it. I wanted to live here forever. I wanted to make a million dollars as a rental property. I bought it for my Aunt Susie. I bought it for my, my kid. I bought it for a cat toy playhouse for Fluffy. It doesn't matter what the answer is. Ask the question because it's going to tell you a lot about their original intent versus where they are today. For example, I bought this for my mother-in-law. Oh, and she's never lived here? No, she decided she didn't want to live in Florida. Oh, okay. So to them, that now becomes excess property, right? It's not something that they need anymore. And he's been paying for it or she's been paying for it all along. That's why I ask these questions so I can find out this information. And the last question I'm going to ask them, is there any idea, do they have any idea why the property property hasn't sold yet. I will only ask this on properties that I know are for sale. Now, keep in mind, I talk to a lot of sellers about on properties that are not for sale, and I do that on purpose. I like to buy properties that are not for sale. That's the best way, in my opinion, to get a great deal. Because when a property's for sale, what's the one thing we have, boys and girls? That's called competition. I don't want a bunch of buying competition. I don't want to hear about, well, I've got four other offers on the table. Well, why didn't you take them? Why are we having a conversation now? Why are we even here if you've got four to five offers on the table? You see, that's not a motivated seller, and that's not a seller I'm going to waste my time with. So ladies and gentlemen, to summarize this entire series, I want you to get out there and roll up your sleeves. The way you're going to learn, the way you're going to become a bigger, better investor, the way you're going to master negotiation is to do it. This is the year of do. You got to get out there and do. You got to get out there, fail forward, fail fast, fail frequently. It's time to take action and get uncomfortable. When you get out there in the field, you start asking these questions because you've got enough leads coming in, because you've done the work, you've brushed up your copy, you've taken the one funnel away challenge, you, you've got more leads you don't know do with. That's going to give you more practice. The more you practice, like in anything, the better you're going to become. And when you really get good at this, what you're going to find is real estate's not as hard as we'd like to make it, boys and girls. I'm here to tell you, it's really not. It comes down to having plenty of people to talk to, plenty of opportunities. When you have lots of choices, you can make good choices. If you only have a few things to choose from, humans, we tend to get a little desperate and we just take something so that we have something to do. Don't fall into that trap. You can do that. You can get away from that and protect yourself by always making sure you've got leads and always make sure that you're out there practicing. You don't have to buy properties to go talk to sellers. You can absolutely go have conversations with sellers Get good, get practiced at finding the information and making it happen for you. Thanks, guys. We'll catch up with you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.